cold and crappy on a Monday afternoon in Fishtown, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Welcome into Undisputed. I'm Skip Bayless alongside uh, Shannon Sharp over here. Okay. And we're going to tell you why Dak Prescott Hot take. deserves Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Actually, I'm just kidding. This is uh, Kevin Kincaid and Dave Zeitlin with uh, It's Always Soccer in Philadelphia. Good to be with you again after a, a, yeah, long, a long delay. Yeah, I think it's been like five weeks since we it's did that. There's been a hole in my life. Just not having this podcast. Has there? Where there's kind of a hole in my mouth right now. I actually have stitches in my bottom lip. So if I, if I sound funny at all. Good segue. Yeah, I apologize for that. I, I think I can form all of the words okay, but I have like I had like a little dental thing done, so I have like this big gash in my mouth. I kind of look like a Were hockey player. Were you at the player. dentist recently? Or? Uh, yeah, I look like a, kind of look like a hockey player down here. I got these yeah. big line of stitches in the bottom of my mouth here, but I think I'm... Uh, was it from playing okay. soccer or from podcasting? Or? Um, it might have been. Yeah, they think I had like uh, like a bruise in my mouth that caused some like thing to swell and turn into something that needed to be taken out. So I, I think it was from playing futsal. Yeah, I think it was playing indoor. I think I got elbowed in the face or something. I was trying to trace it back to like where I thought it might have come from, and that was my. my and you're best still guessing. podcasting. I mean, Josh Yaro can't even play from his shoulder surgery, <laughs> but you get hit in the mouth, and you're. And you're still going. Well, there's 110%. Yeah, well, there's a lot going on in Unionland, isn't there? But first, uh, how, how have you been, man? Five. It's been five weeks since we... Uh, yeah, it's been good. We've been uh, doing the conference calls. Being back in the Penn bubble today stuff. was fun. I mean, I like being Penn over bubble. there at Penn. Obviously, I'm yeah. biased. What have you been doing a lot? Like, <laughs> you've been doing a lot of college basketball? Yeah, like, doing a lot yeah. of college hoops, yeah. doing a lot of Penn stuff. So, uh, yeah, but it's, it's nice. I guess we're only like a month away from the start of the season yeah less than a month away. Well, it's always weird you know because we get back in uh in january and it's exciting because that first week um you know they're usually at ysc or they're training at, at penn or wherever and we get the first week with them and everybody's kind of uh buzzing and there's some excitement or whatever and then they go down to florida and it kind of mm. there's like a one month where we're just sort of doing conference calls and preseason games yeah. and trying to trying to uh keep the excitement going until um season opener but yeah only a couple weeks away it's too so. bad none of us are our full-time beat writers because we'd be down there in florida, down in florida right oh, like I know. all the phillies writers i know uh, i know that's the dream isn't it someday to make <laughs> someday. The, to make the union beat important if you guys listen them. to this podcast enough we will be full-time uh beat writers i think this down is where in florida. It, yeah <laughs> i think this is where it starts right here so yeah. uh we got which means we got to do a good job um yeah, so a lot has happened. I think the last piece of information that happened since we did the last podcast was the Charlie Davies re-signing. Yeah. So actually, every single signing that they've made now, uh, all the you know new and important yeah, ones or whatever, have have happened. So you want to go like front to back and just kind of do it in chronological. Or, or we like, start we with, I mean, the uh, biggest ones. I mean, I guess I guess Gooch and Harris were the two kind of eye popping names, just because they played yeah. in a World Cup, they played in Europe, they're kind of veteran. So Gooch, over, over uh, Harris, Medunjanin, um uh, Jay Simpson, obviously. So, I mean, start to start to finish the first signing was Giuliano Wijnaldum, uh, Georginio Wijnaldum's brother. He's the left back who played at Ozed, um under Ernie Stewart, and that's where the connection was. He played uh, – he was at Ozed for three years, um, only played one year because he was stuck behind uh, Seaman Polson uh, for a couple of years. He was a really, really good left back for them, and he was the, um, the starter for the Denmark uh, international team. Um, but Giuliano, only 24 years old, um, a lot of upside and a guy who's already has a lot of experience for, for being that young. I mean, he turned pro when he was 18. So I'm interested to see what happens if he competes with Fabinho for the starting job right away or yeah, if they give down, it to Fabinho. Yeah, we've been down there. We've asked a few questions. We haven't really touched on that too much. It seems like it's probably, if you look at the uh, posi- the uh, battles positionally, I think mm-hmm. that's probably one that's kind of up in the air right now. It's got to right? be the yeah. most interesting one, yeah, isn't I mean, it? I, I think, well, you know, you got Fabi who's going into the final 
year of his contract right now. Uh, played really well last year, actually. Um, I think he he's did. improved. Obviously, every season that they've had him, he's gotten better. Um, I don't like playing a new guy uh, in an unfamiliar territory on turf in Vancouver to start the season. That's true. You know, I, I think I would just like to see Fabinho kind of start the first couple games. And if Wynaldum can come in as a sub or if he eventually wins the job, then so be it. But um, I think his signing was more of a long-term thing. Mm-hmm. Fabi's not going to be around next year. Um, but the next signing I think they made was Jay Simpson, the yeah. striker, the English striker. So, you know, I my first impression was obviously a little bit underwhelmed. I mean, a guy's playing yeah. in League Two in England, so that's a fourth division over there playing for Leighton Orient. Um, journeyman kind of guy who's bounced around to a lot of different places, came up through the Arsenal youth system, went on loan to Millwall, Queens Park Rangers, uh, Hull City. He went on loan uh, to West Brom for a half season back in the day, like seven or eight years ago. And that was his only experience in the in the Premier League. But uh, a lot of years in the Championship, one year in Thailand. Um, uh, is he good enough to, to I, be the striker guess, for this? I guess it's probably not a fair comparison, but uh, but um, uh, Bradley Wright Phillips yeah. is a guy like that who played in the uh, lower division leagues in England, and he came here and was all of a sudden a star. So, I mean... Obviously, it's hard to compare those two now, but I'm sure Jay Simpson saw that route that uh, that uh, BWP took and was like, maybe I could do that too. Well, yeah, and it was interesting how they scouted him because Chris Albright went over there, watched him play at Leighton Orient. He scored a ton of goals for them um, the season prior. Uh, he had 20, 25 goals and 45 appearances, so we know he can score um, against what kind of competition we don't know. Uh, you know, just watching him from the Chicago game the other day, he didn't get a ton of time on the ball, but the first couple uh, touches that he had were good hold-up play, uh, back to goal, uh, you know, a defender on him, and he would kind of just cushion it nicely. Um, and my dog's whining <laughs> over there. Baxter, if you need to go he's out, not, just let me know. He does not like Jay Simpson. No. We'll, he's, <laughs> he's very upset about the sign. Either that or he sees a squirrel or something <laughs> outside. So, um, he, you know, it, I, I, in that game, he had a couple sh- shots on goal. Um Baxter, why don't you go downstairs, bud? If you keep whining, we're going to have to remove you from the room, all right? Um, anyway, what am I trying to say here? He had a couple shots. He, I, what I liked in the Chicago game the other day was that he had a couple um, little instances where he, there was one where he created his own shot where he had that ball kind of stuck underneath his feet and he got it out from his right foot onto his left and he took a shot. And then he had one that just went wide after uh, El Senior played a ball into Roland Alberg and kind of flicked it onto him. So, you know, the, the question really is, is he an upgrade over CJ Sapong? Yeah. You know, and can he score double-digit goals? I mean, do you think he's going to start? I mean, even if he doesn't, you still have three pretty good strikers, and there's a chance. I mean, uh, Jim was talking about guys who uh, won't even make the 18, and and Charlie Davies right now looks like there's yeah. a pretty good chance he's not going to make the 18 in a lot of these games. Well, I don't, I, I don't, I, I that's that's nice, you know, yeah. that they have three good strikers. But do they have a great striker? Right. They that's don't the need. Thing. A, they have they three. Don't... They have three pretty good guys. All of them could be, could have good seasons. They could all have 10 goals, maybe. I'm not sure about Charlie Davies. We've but been doing I mean, the pool. I mean, how long have we been doing this pod? Not for long, right? A half a year, right? But we always talk about, like, you, you need a superstar striker. They don't need another guy who's like CJ, and you don't need another guy who's like Charlie Davies. If you have three guys who are all the same, what's the point? You know, you need somebody who's going to go out and score 14, 15 goals for you. That's what this, this team has been missing for the longest time. And you go out and get a guy from the fourth division in England, I'm not going to get too excited about it. But I'm also going to reserve judgment because, yeah. like you said, you don't know if he's going to become the next Bradley Wright Phillips. I think they've kind of made they had a decision just they're not going to spend like a three million dollars on a superstar striker and this is what they're going to try they're going 
Union fans are just going to have to be Union fans are just going to have to be content with that. Just deal with it. it Just deal with it because that's what it's going to be. And we know at this point. I mean, we know at this point that's what it's going to be. Jay Simpson. I don't know. Maybe he comes out and he bags twenty goals. Who the hell knows? Or maybe he struggles. I say twenty-five. But I'm not. I'm not. Maybe thirty. Yeah, I don't think he solves their problems at striker unless uh, you know you, you see you know him take a big step forward right off the bat. And and I don't I don't know if he will. I really I really have no clue. I still think there's a big question mark there. I just don't. I think the thing with him is if you take a step back and you ask yourself, how much better is he than CJ Sapong right now? I don't, I don't, I really don't, I can't give you a definitive answer. I think you, you, know? you hit the nail on the head. It's really hard with these off seasons to say how the team did without seeing the players because we, we watch soccer, but we haven't seen Jay Simpson play much. I saw him play like, yeah. like one game for like kind Hull of, yeah. back back in the yeah. It kind of brings me back to before the 2012 season. Do you remember they kind of like retooled their team and they signed uh, Josie Martinez, uh, Pahoy, mm-hmm. uh, Gabriel Gomez, and we were all like, we think these guys are good, but we're not sure. And it turned out it just didn't really work at all. Yeah, not yeah. a bad team. So I mean, it could be horrible, and it could be great, and it's just really hard for us to tell you right now. Even you know what, Jay Simpson. Even I mean. Bradley Wright Phillips is one thing, but hoping that you become Bradley Wright Phillips. Yeah, I mean, he scored the most goals in the league last year. I mean, like, yeah, he was a diamond in the rough kind of player, but that's a high ceiling, man. I think it's unrealistic for us to to say that he could become this. I mean, I understand the guy came from a lower division in England. He was kind of an unheralded player over there. That's why we make the comparison. But Bradley Wright Phillips is one of the best strikers in the league. You know, So, um, you know, I look at a guy like, uh, you remember when Luke Rogers came over here and he played alongside Terry Henry for that year? Luke Rogers even scored like like eight or nine goals, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, if you could get that out of him, maybe that's something. But yeah. I just point, I just yeah. don't know. I really have no idea. You just have to trust the guys who who are bringing them over. And I think a lot of fans trust Ernie Stewart. And back in mm-hmm. 2012, when uh, Peter Novak was making the calls, they probably didn't trust him as much. So I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, can Ernie find a star? I, I, a diamond yeah, in the rough. I we'll, mean, we'll, it's certainly possible. We'll find out. Um, then the next signing, I guess, was. Um, well, I mean, the camp started, and the two trialists that they had in there were um, Fafa Picol, the um, the Haitian slash American. Who we talked to today? He's had he's had an interesting journey. He was he was pretty cool talking today. He's uh, he's he's bounced around to a lot of places. And mm-hmm. He had that one cap with the national team, I think, last May, and he. Right, he's an, he's an interesting backstory. So he's a he's and a he's guy. friends with Chad Johnson. Oh, Justinko. <laughs> I heard you asking this question. <laughs> figured that would turn into a feature. Uh, Hard hitting questions. Yeah. Me asking about Ochocinco. Um. So he. So Fafa. Um. Fabrice is his first name. Um. He, he played for Tampa Bay uh, Rowdies and Fort Lauderdale Strikers. I think right before um making the move to St. Pauli in Germany, and that's where Jurgen, uh, yeah. obviously spotted him then that's why he got the cap yeah. you know um and everyone was pretty shocked at the time because they didn't know they didn't know who they the didn't hell know he much was. about him like who is this guy well yeah. also too but then you know that's the we we kind of maybe go a little overboard with it too or not not overboard but we also have to kind of take a step back and say hey look this guy played a little bit in germany but he's we're calling him an, an american international when he has one cap you yeah. know um and doesn't appear to be in the picture at all right now. So basically, he's an NASL. But he wants player. to get back, which he told us. That well, it doesn't obviously. everybody? It doesn't everybody? <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not going to be like. I'm not looking at him necessarily as a Bundesliga player and an American international. The predom- many... predominantly his career has been played in NASL. So he had one cap though. That's pretty good. How many have you had? Oh, zero. So he's in a. But does one cap make you an American <laughs> international? I mean, you know he, what I'm saying? It's he like can tell his grandkids could... about it. <laughs> it's like semantics. You know, it's yeah. like. Um, 
you know, when I think of an American international, I think of uh, Ali Badoya. Yeah. He's played like 50 it times. It is hard to call him. It's like you don't want to call him like a former national team player either because he's yeah. still technically in the picture. He, right. could, he could be called in. So. But those things always require require more context. You know, you yeah. could say, I mean, I know a lot of fans are like asking us like, hey, you know, now all these people that they have on the team, how many played for the national team at one point? Well, yeah. you have Gooch, Badoya, Idu. Carroll. Carroll. It's a lot, yeah. Picol, uh Pontius now. But like how many of those guys are like, relevant in the picture i know they have the experience and they add something you know with the appearances that they made yeah. for the national team but i don't really i don't put Bidoya. a ton of stock into it yeah exactly um then okay gooch you want to talk about gooch yeah I mean, or should we, we should we do medujanine first because we want to talk about yarrow and the injury and is and that in the right order yeah sure yeah okay so um harris medujanine 31 years old uh bosnian international who's playing for maccabi um Tel Aviv. Uh, they played in their Europa League last year. He played in Turkey, played in Spain. Played in the uh, World Cup. With, played in the World Cup. Against Leo Messi. He did. He was pretty good. He played. Um, he, he touched played him at, once. He plays at Al- he played at Alkmaar in 2008. Um, that was before Ernie was there. So I don't I don't know. I guess just the Netherlands connection, the Dutch connection. I mean, I guess Ernie knew him from you know them both being in Holland at the time. But I don't think he played at AZ while Ernie was there. Um, a ball moving number eight, like a Vince Nogueira yeah. replacement. You know, he's a guy who comes back. Watching a lot of film of him, he likes to get the ball deep and kind of like cycle the ball. And that's just, that's just what they were missing in, in that yeah. spot. But uh, last Jim, year when Nogueira yeah, left, yeah, I mean, you know? eight is seems like his preferred position. But Jim also said he could play the six, and maybe once uh, Mo gets back, you put Mo at the eight mm-hmm. with him at the six and Bedoya at the ten. Do you think that could work well? I think or? that's probably the plan, isn't it? Yeah, right, because you um. Because I think Bedoya is slotted in as the number ten this year. That's where they played him when Barnett was injured. Last but year. Uh, right now, with the Dew, assuming a is not going to play for the first game, I guess you start uh, Craval at the six with yeah. Harris at the eight. Bedoya playing at the ten. See, right? Because if you if you if you cycled it back one step and say you had Roland Alberg playing at the ten, mm-hmm. and you had Bedoya at the eight, and you had Medujanine playing at the six, that could work. Yeah. It's a yeah. lot of possession, man. That's a lot yeah. of creativity. But there's no. I, you know, who's playing defense in that one? Yeah. Everything that I watch from Medujanine and the highlight videos and stuff like that, and like the one World Cup game that I saw him play, I think there was a Europa League game that I saw him play too. He's not like a, you know, he, he's he's not like Warren Carvalho. He's not going to get stuck into tackles. He's not going to chase down a guy 20 yards and dispossess him or anything like that. Um, but Baxter, just relax over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's not like, you know, you need that guy with defensive Metal too. I don't. I don't know if you remember last year in the preseason they did a little bit of experimentation where they had Vince, Vince Nogueira playing as a six, yeah, and they had um, Barnetta playing the eight, and Roland mm-hmm. was playing the ten. They did that a little bit in preseason last year. I think maybe thinking that it might work, but it just didn't. Yeah. Like Vince didn't play enough defense to, yeah. to protect the back line, you know. And they had Carval and Carroll, who both had pretty good seasons last year. I mean, they did. Jim would probably be comfortable with either one of those guys at the six. I mean, Carroll's going to play forever, but yeah. And listen, Carval Carval doesn't need to be the dis- distributor. The, the, the difference right. between um, the difference between Carval playing next to Bedoya and Carval playing next to Medujanine is that is that Ali doesn't drop deep enough to receive the ball and start the play. Like he's just kind of there. You know, Vince Nogueira will drop back and demand it, say, "Hey, play it here," and then he'll move it. Medujanine looks to be that same kind of player, which allows Warren then to step forward kind of vacate that space but then play defense when he needs to and that's why vince and brian carroll were such good um 
such good um, partners in the midfield because Brian Carroll understood that spacing, you know, and he knew how to let Vince do his yeah. thing, you know. So, but anyway, um, it sounds like Harris just arrived in Philly today. Jim said so. We'll probably be able to see him in these next couple of of our preseason games. Yeah, so. yeah. So the next one is um, what's today? The fourteenth? No, today's the thirteenth. So they play um Saturday. They fly back down on Tuesday tomorrow, the fourteenth, and then they play the Tampa Bay Rowdies on the eighteenth. Um, as they defend their Suncoast uh, Invitational yeah. Tournament Trophy, right? Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Harris Medugini was in. Um, that was the biggest title in in franchise history. I think it was. It, yeah, it was um, a parade down Broad Street. It was. There was oh, so much snark, and Terrible. the city paid for it. <laughs> um, so Gooch, Gooch. Uh, so he was. He he. Sh- Showed up at uh, training on day one. That first we day we were didn't all know there. Was. And Jim and Ernie were like, he's not going to sign. You're getting way too ahead of yourself. And a couple days later, he signed. So I well, guess he impressed them or they were just kind of like kind of uh, downplaying it at first. But they definitely made it seem like he was just there to kind of to kind of stay fit and just play. But they, they didn't even make it seem like it was an option to sign him. And then. And then sure enough, it happened. Yeah. What? Like maybe a week later? If yeah, that. Yeah. Did the week, press yeah. release come out? Um so, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think it's cool. I mean, everyone knows this, but I mean, ten years ago, he was one of the biggest names in American soccer. He was on the same yeah. level, probably, as like Landon Donovan, to, hot Demarcus Beasley. I mean, obviously, he hasn't played in two years. He's old, but I mean, I, I still think it's a cool move. Um, he seems, he seems, he's saying all the right things. I think he's playing mm-hmm. well. He, He's impressed Jim. So I think as a starter, I think he could be pretty good. Well, he can say whatever the hell he wants, um, but he's got to stay healthy. You know, and now with Josh Yarrow not being able to play, I mean, you're you're looking at your starting right center back in Vancouver. Baxter, just relax, or I'm gonna I'm gonna put you outside. Is like a, is there a cat or something or a squirrel? In there? What is he looking at? He looks. Uh, sorry, my dog looks out the front window. We got a big window at the front here, and he looks outside and he just sees like squirrels and cats and stuff like that walking around. So is it Gooch, maybe? Oh, I hope not. Um, but he. Uh, Gooch hasn't hasn't played in two years, you know, and now he's going to be your starting right back on turf in Vancouver, going yeah, up against like Kakuta Mane and and, and um. Yeah, I mean he'll be thrown right in the fire, but I mean, th- Jim told us he's playing well. He's the choice right now over Ken Tribbett. So yeah, I mean, would you rather have Tribbett there based on? Well, no, because then you're season? just going back to yeah what you had last season, yeah. and um, I mean it sucks for Yarrow because it seems like he was kind of penciled in as a starter. I mean, Jim said he's having a good preseason. Yeah, he is the long term starter at center back. Him, him, and Marquez probably is the pairing of the future. So one second right here. Okay, sorry to interrupt you. The Dave. dog I has been kicked to, out. Yeah, he, I had to kick the dog out of the. Um, he was red carded without even getting the first. Yellow. No, I just feel bad because I want him to like be able to be in here. But like I say, he just sits and looks out the window, and if he sees like a like a, you know, an animal or something, he just starts whining and crying. And we're trying to do an important work in this here. Is very you know? important work. Um, so Marquez and Yara was supposed to be the pair going in, and and you know they they complement each other well because Richie's a bigger and stronger guy. And Jim said it today. You know, with Josh, you lose a speed option. You know, when he's not there, Josh is an undersized center back. Still really fast and able to put out fires and stuff like that. And Gooch is, is kind of the same player as uh, Richie Marquez and Ken Trivet. You know, they're both bigger yeah, guys bigger. who win the ball in the air. And I just don't think it gives you enough variation back there. And I hope Gooch has the speed to, you know, I just think about Ken Trivet getting beat over the top by Sebastian Javinko and, and Josie and guys like that. And uh, at the, at the, when they signed Gooch, I was like, yeah, it's a good signing as long as he as long as he doesn't play 
too many games because you, he can mentor the younger guys, Austin Trusty, uh, Yara Trebit, Marquez, and and maybe you you use him as a spot starter to make like six to ten starts. Um, but I didn't expect them to be playing yeah. right off the bat. You know? Are they playing Toronto uh, week two, I think, is their yeah. home opener. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be Ken Trebit, isn't it? <laughs> oh, God. Well, I just I just don't. You know, every every team needs a good third center back. Like you know, if you looked at like um. Like Real Salt Lake last year, you know they had uh, Aaron Mond and uh, um, God, who's the young kid? Uh, Glad Justin Glad playing back there, but like Hymason Olave, who was like same age as Gooch, same kind of player as Gooch, um, had to start like like ten to twelve games for them last year. Probably played more than that, but you know you need a solid third center back. So I don't, I don't know. Again, it's it's like the same thing with Simpson. Is he going to be good? I have no clue. I mean, yeah. we've seen what, Go- what Gooch has been able to be, but he hasn't played. He hasn't played in two years. I think a years. small platoon with Tribbett, maybe like if you want to start Tribbett that first game in Vancouver, I, I would understand why, just because yeah. it's on turf, and then have Gooch come for the home opener and just kind of go back and forth a bit until Josh gets back. I so think right now, right fine. now on February thirteenth, who who starts next to Richie Marquez in Vancouver? I think Jim. Basically, I think it'll probably be Gooch. You think? Well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But who? Okay, so who do we, I prefer? We, we think we know that Gooch is next on the depth chart. But like, who do you do you think he's going to be healthy or like uh, ready or preferred to play? Yeah, I game? mean, unless he gets hurt during the preseason, I'd see no reason why. Yeah, I just have this weird yeah. feeling. It's it's not that Ken Tribbett's going to be in the. Um, <laughs> I have a weird feeling Tribbett's going to be in the starting lineup for that Toronto game. And, I, <laughs> and ask me the big storyline all week because every Toronto game last year. Poor was like, guy, man. Was like he gets stuck this. with every Toronto game. Yeah. And Ken, again, Ken had good games last year, but his, ba- his he bad games were more. He scored against Toronto. It was a roller coaster for him. Yeah, His, he's, his he's bad still... games were more pronounced than his good games yeah. last year. So I don't want to sit here and rag oh, yeah, on Ken Tribbett. Like every, like every, like I think the fans are, yeah. are get on Ken more than we do, but um, – he was good. I mean, he has good qualities. He's great in the air. I mean, he's a. There are some things he does well. He just had a little trouble with some of the stars of the league. Last Austin Trusty. Does he get a shot? Yeah, it's possible. I think right now he's going to be playing with the with the U twenties. Um, yeah. For qualifiers. So I mean, I guess we'll see how good he is. I mean, you know, he's only two hamstring injuries away right now from being a starter. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like he might have to. Um. Who else? Any other? Did we miss any of the draft? Anything interesting about the draft? They uh, signed him. I mean, they didn't do too much in the draft. They didn't have a first round pick, but then they signed Adam Nahem, who's basically who Jim said would. Oh yeah, did we get a pronouncer on that uh, today? Did am I saying it wrong? Naj- uh, I thought Najem. Uh, sorry, I thought they said Naj- oh, I fire Najem. myself. Najem. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, Curtin no, said, they told me, but I can't remember. Yeah, him. but Curtin said he would have been a top five pick. So just on paper, you think that's pretty good to not have a first round pick and to get this guy, who's one of the best college players in the country. I mean, he, he yeah. scored a lot in college for Akron. Akron. He had like, yeah. like 35 goals. Yeah. Akron, yeah, and he was sort of like an attacking midfielder guy who just had a had a nose for goal. Even watching him in training today, um, he looked to be in and around the ball a lot. I had a couple shots. It's pretty he small, hit, but yeah. He wide. Small guy, yeah. but um, uh, Harry Ship for a comparison? I, I don't know, because I think he's a little faster than Ship, but um, I mean, it's in just terms, weird to in see. In terms of a, college production, those guys were both. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. In terms of that, for sure. I don't, I don't know if um, you know, whenever you look at like a number ten, uh, like a think of an American player being like a shifty like playmaker. Yeah. It's not there aren't a ton of them, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's always that role is always sort of reserved to like the foreign guy, like the, the clever like Latino guy yeah. who comes in like a Christian Maidan or yeah. something like that. It might, but, be, um, it might be hard for him to get in the eighteen at least early on if you have Alberg as their top yeah, ten off, he's the bench, be off the so. bench. Yeah, which is interesting because if you if he really is a top five draft pick like like most of those guys do see mm-hmm. some minutes it's like last year at keegan 
Herbers, yeah. those guys were all playing, but it just seems like a deeper team. So as a rookie for him and even for like Fafa, it might be hard for him to play early um, on. You just mentioned Keegan. Was there any, did we miss any of their signs? I think we got all the signs. We can talk about yeah, national team quickly national before getting team. into questions. So yeah, Keegan obviously was disappointing. I, I know you asked Jim about this, the fact that they sent him home and then played uh, uh, Graham Zuzzi Graham right, right back. back. Yeah. Didn't sit well with... Uh, Didn't sit well with me because I just... I mean, I guess I got to back it up for context here, right? So Bruce Arena's taken over the team for his second stint. Uh, they're behind in World Cup qualifying. He's got an ultra-important qualifier coming up against Honduras, right? January camp is usually when you give guys, experiment with guys, you give young guys like Keegan a chance to experience the game, the national international game for the first time. Um, you don't have your foreign guys or your foreign-based guys there, so you don't have DeAndre Yedlin, Fabian Johnson, John Brooks, Timmy Chandler. Um and your two best right backs, Yedlin and Chandler, are both playing overseas, right? So, do you give Keegan? So, so the thought is that Bruce and these friendlies wanted to roll out a competitive squad to kind of see what he had here as far as his domestic based players, you know. Um, but yeah, Graham Zusi, thirty year old midfielder playing right back. I know that when they play Honduras, that DeAndre Yedlin or Timmy right. Chandler is going to be playing right back. So, doesn't matter anyway. Does it really matter? Yeah. No, but. You know, the conceptually, like the idea of if it doesn't matter, then why the hell experiment with 30 year old Graham Zussi playing guess, right back yeah. anyway? I mean, I guess it doesn't really bode well for Keegan, right? I mean, if he's not, it's it, just, if he's not going to play at right back when uh, Chandler and Yedlin aren't with the team, he's probably not going to play for. Well, right. If you, all, if you, so. if you're really, if your third back, ex, third right back experiment is a 30 year old, uh, midfielder. And if you get to your third right back anyway, you're probably screwed. And so yeah. well, so why not let Rosenberry I play? Guess, Cause yeah. Zussi is not the free in future right. at right back, but he, Keegan might be, he know? could be looking ahead to a qualifier. If like, um, Yedlin gets, gets carded or hurt yeah. and he has Graham Zussi in his 18 man. So now we can say he did it a couple times. So can you put him in like a right back? I understand the logic. It's a case of emergency. I I understand the logic. I just thought it was just kind of like... It just it just felt like after years of Jurgen, it felt like another yeah. Jurgen move, didn't yeah. it? Like playing a guy out yeah. of position or trying to. Have well, let's him congratulate uh, Chris Pontius for getting two caps. I mean, that's a cool story for Good him. Good for him, he man. Was, he was out of it for a while and he came back. And for a, a union player to come in for a, a union player in a national team game. I don't care if it's a friendly in January. That's a cool thing for this team because they haven't had too many national team guys over the no, years. No, and you've heard a lot of quotes about that from Ernie and Jim over the last like couple months where they said that they want to be a team that produces players for the United States national team and they've sort of rededicated yeah. themselves to the American player and even veteran guys like Charlie Davies and uh, Gucci Anyewu and whatnot. And um, that's good. That's good to see. I mean, they, they... It had been a long time. If you remember, Jack McInerney's call-up, I think, was the first, and he didn't get a cap. And then Amrisa um, mm. Du, he, he played in one game, I think, just Did like he? during okay. the World Cup run-up. And then, and then he didn't make the uh, World Cup roster. So so Union players on a national team before before Bedoya was like few and far between. Yeah, yeah, I remember Jeff Park got that... Um... January. That was before he was camp, with the Union. But before he was with yeah. the Union. He, well, he was in between. Oh, he between, had yeah, between, signed. yeah. Yeah, but even then, I don't think he got a cap in nah. that game. And um, we always used to get press releases about, like, a Moby and uh, 
Jack and like Zach Pfeffer. Those guys playing with the U- All U- those guys were in the youth. The, I think yeah. the, the Olympic team was what? It was a Moby, Shane and Jack. And, Shane was on, yeah. And yeah. Freddie Adu. I think they had four. And yeah. Freddie Adu was a captain. So like you think back then to all, all those under 23 guys, like why? So what went wrong? Did the union just completely just destroy their <laughs> well, d- development I've, or was it? I've written uh, comments about this before. I mean, the way we looked at Shane and Moby and Jack, these guys were all considered like like future stars. And yeah. I think maybe part of it is the league has gotten better. I, uh, maybe those guys weren't quite as good as we thought, but I yeah. mean, it wasn't the union because you, you, you see these guys now and they're not really sticking with any teams too much or like that's true in the lineups. Yeah, a lot of guys that they've got rid of have aren't really playing predominant roles right now. Shannon was traded in the off season. Um, I think a Moby resigned with Portland. Yeah. And, uh, Jack is apparently being shopped right now. So yeah, they want to trade him. That's too bad for Jack not not going to Atlanta. Oh yeah, because I yeah I know he's from there and would have loved to, to yeah, play with them for their cool for him but, but the atlanta him. looks like they're gonna kick some asses without um without jack mcinerney's yeah. help anyway so uh should, should we get the questions we're, we're running late here well it's okay i mean yeah, yeah no, we haven't good. done one in a while yeah, so yeah, yeah. and we had to kick the dog out so it's like an extra minute <laughs> extra minute of stoppage time there all right um do we go to twitter questions what do we sure what yeah we let's see uh let me scroll through here so the first three questions are all about um oguchi onyewu ken tribbit austin trusty with uh, Yarl hurt so so we kind of talked about that uh one guy asked dean moriarty asked how much did the injury change your outlook for the season did it change it for you at all Yarl? the Yarl injury uh it's hard to say the entire outlook for the season because we kind of knew that they'd have like a rotating cast of center backs i mean i think it it, it it could cost them a little bit earlier in the season. It kind of depends on Gooch. Like yeah, they said, might not get yeah. off to a great yeah. start. Now. I wouldn't I mean, say it changed be... the outlook in the season, though, do you? No, they might be behind the eight ball to start the season, and I don't, you know, I don't know how they're going to play in these first two games. But um, I mean, you, just with all the games the RM missed last year, with injury, I mean, I have five injuries in eight months now, you know, and it, his injury was the same shoulder as last year, and they decided not to get surgery done. He had surgery on the other shoulder for the same thing. So now he's had the same injury on both shoulders. He had surgery on the other one, but not this one until a week ago. So I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't know anything about the medical side of it, but I guess back last year, they told us, you know, they thought about doing surgery last year, but decided that he didn't need it and they dislocated it again. So I guess they're just like, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and do like a Joel Embiid, uh, whatever the hell injury, did they do the right thing with it or not? Andrew Bynum, whatever the hell or not. Was it Josh Yarrow dancing to any Meek Mill concerts on stage? <laughs> Have you seen? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean? It sounds like one of those injuries, your shoulder where you can have surgery for it or it'll just kind of heal on its own or whatever. And there's not really a, a medically um, accepted, there's not really a consensus way yeah. where to go with it. You can and do he's a guy you would want to be cautious with like he could be here for like five years as the starting center back right like, so don't yeah. don't mess with it now yeah. if you don't have to yeah all right um from rich ells who is most likely to outperform expectations headed into the preseason um so jim mentioned his expectations are already high but jim mentioned uh fabian herbers is a guy who's been playing well in the preseason so he, he could be a guy that starts he could be a guy that has yeah. 10 goals 10 assists i mean he, he could he could have a pretty big year jim loves herbers doesn't yeah. he um who do you think? And Fabian played well, yeah. I mean, towards the tail end of last year. But he was a weird case because, again, he, he probably played his best soccer when the team wasn't doing so well. So it was just kind of hard to judge uh, how he – who's got the the best outlook or exceed expectations? That was the question. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I guess it would be Jay Simpson, right? Because we don't really have yeah. many expectations ex- for him. Yeah, right? yeah, we don't – it's not that we have bad ex- – low expectations. We just <laughs> we don't – We don't know what they are. Yeah. yeah. I'd say Jay Simpson. Okay. 
Uh, S.W. Whistler, is that his name? Uh, so he's talking about speed. He said, uh, our thoughts about the speed with Gooch, El Sino, and either Carroll or, or Carval in, in the lineup. It feels slow because he is being burned by some teams. Well, I, I don't think... I think El Sino might not start. I think Herbers might start on the right wing. I think you're probably right, although yeah. I think El Sino is the better player. Yeah. I, was starting I mean, every so, game. but if El Sino, let's say if El Sino, Carroll, and Gooch all start, is that too slow for NMOS team these days? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of positionally where they line up. I mean, you still have Keegan over there, and you still have Bedoya who like kind of get into those areas. Yeah. But I, I would be worried if it, if they had a slow fullback. I don't. I don't. I think if anything. Keegan is going to have to play a little bit differently next to Gooch because um, with Yarrow next to him, he's not going to be as mobile. And you know how Keegan likes to bomb forward. And uh, you might just have to keep an eye on, on Gooch a little bit more and just give him a little bit more help and pinch inside. And if that, that might affect him getting up the flank, but uh, we'll see. doesn't matter about a Brian Carroll speed. He could be playing in a wheelchair and he'll still... <laughs> <laughs> He'll still find a way to break up some play. That's true. Uh, Kevin Chang, who's going to be the third goalkeeper and a two-parter? Uh, lots of new talent in MLS. How does the union compare it to the other strengthened teams? So, have you heard much about their goalkeeper? I mean, Jim said last week they're going to sign someone. I mean, I, I don't they think they're... Had, um, they had Keith yeah. uh, Cardona, I think, who right. was the Indy 11 goalkeeper. He was in camp in Florida with him. We didn't see him today, did we? The guy with the long hair? I don't hair. think so. I don't no. think he was yeah. at training. Um I don't know. I don't really care, um, <laughs> to be honest. Because third that's probably goalkeeper- their last signing, right? Yeah. How many times did they use the third goalkeeper last year? Once. Once, Matt and, Jones. Yeah, and he didn't even really want, and Jim didn't even really want to. They just had something against him for whatever reason. I don't know why. But, maybe this um, wasn't that good. Was the second part of the question? The one game he played, Jones, he wasn't really that good. So maybe. Just, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, lots of new talent in the league. Just how does the U in general? I guess when you compare their moves to some of the other teams who kind of upgraded, like Chicago, like they had some good moves. How would you, how would you kind of compare what the union are doing? Um, I mean, it's, it's the union are getting better, but they're still not making the moves that other teams are making, you know? Um, I, they didn't have the one like splat, like they didn't go after like one huge player. They just kind of got like four or five guys, all of whom can be good, but yeah, there's no like superstar really in the mix. Well, there weren't a ton. I mean, it kind of changed this all season. I wrote a story about it that actually did really well. So thanks to anybody who read that one. Uh, I didn't one read ab- it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the one about um, actually I, MLS I not being I a. Re- I think I did read it. Yeah. Uh, the one about not being a retirely yeah, yeah. retirement league. Well, they did. There's just not a lot of thirty something year olds coming into the league this winter. Um, even the LA Galaxy who used to sign like Steven Gerrard and Robbie Keane and stuff like that. They signed a 27 year old uh, dude from Marseille, a really good winger, and that they signed a good a, move, yeah. yeah, and they signed a 23 year old. Um, Demid from uh, like uh, Portugal, and so even even though LA is going a different way, but they, they you look at like what Atlanta did, signing all these like twenty something year old, like really really good Latino kids. Um, not Latino, I mean they're like from South America, right? So, um, like Miguel Almiron, Chicago got Nemanja Nikolic, yeah. Uh, Salt Lake gets a twenty two year old Albert Rusnak. I mean, like what, what the hell are these signings? These are great, you know, guys that were like in their prime or they're really young. And people aren't going to know really necessarily know who they are, but they're going to be great players in in this league. I mean, think about Real Salt Lake replaced Javier Morales with a 22 year old who's just as good as he is, probably better. Okay. Um, But so no, I don't think Philly's keeping up with it as well as they should. Okay. Jeffrey Mitchell asks, "Can you let us know what you think about the uh, huge um, union news that's bound to drop the day after?" pod with a little back to the future gift oh yeah it's there's always something like, yeah. there's always something like that isn't there yeah i don't think there's gonna be much this week unless uh unless they sign that 
that uh, third goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be the last. That'll probably be the last signing. <laughs> signing too, right? They're not going to do any, yeah. anything else. It sounds like they're probably done. That, how many roster spots they've left? That was the whole thing on that call. Oh, Tannehill was Tannel trying Tannel to figure it out, wasn't it? Yeah. John Tannehill. There's our Tannehill <laughs> reference for that. Yeah. Just hounding curtain. Uh, well, John did a good job of kind of trying to following up on that, and then Jim cl- clarified and said, uh, "Yeah." You get like an extra roster spot or something this year because of the homegrown. If you have yeah. a certain amount of homegrown players on them, Amy Cicero, our friend, what's the press? What's the best uh, press box meal you've had at the stadium? Is it Thanksgiving dinner? Yeah, that, that Thanksgiving would be, ones usually pretty good. <laughs> that would be yours, wouldn't it? The, yeah, probably. There are some bad ones I don't like. What's yours? Um, my favorite one there. I like when they had those. Uh, what are those? Did they have like cheesesteak pierogies or something? Yeah, did they make those? I'm, as... I'm, not, I'm not as big a fan. You of didn't those. like those? They're they're okay. I like the cheesesteaks. They do like taco night maybe like once a season, don't they? Why don't they do that more? Taco, yeah, they should have more tacos. I and... gotta say the 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 PPL or the yeah PPL uh, talent arrangements are actually a lot like probably the top five in the league at least as far well, as where I've been. It's free press meals. It's free press meal. It's the... good. I mean, we have a nice like press lounge. Our press box is great. Like Some I think TVs. I think we have it really good. I mean, like other places, you got to pay and stuff like that. And like New York, New York's okay, but like um, their food's probably not as good. So I think uh, we're we're in pretty good shape. We're thankful for that. It was all downhill once Amy left, though. I feel like yeah, she needs to come back good, to get yeah. some better food in. Uh, <laughs> Matt asked, "Have you been given any indication as to whether it do will play towards the start?" end of the season or at all i mean at all i i, I think we've given we've been given the indication that he's he's gonna play soon in the first month yeah. probably but he wasn't even out there it, it's um, hard to tell i mean today he only started running like uh a couple like maybe a week and a half ago right so yeah i don't think he's as close as other people think okay uh rich ransom will union fans ever stop complaining about not having a big name on the roster probably not no but they're <laughs> They're very much in, uh, inclined to do that. You know? I mean, I'd say Gooch is a big name. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, maybe ten years too late, but I they want They want in terms of American though. soccer players. But the funny thing about it too is that this this city is so lame when it comes to soccer that you could go out and sign like a really 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 great like player and people people yeah. around here wouldn't know unless it was like Messi or Ronaldo. They wouldn't. We were give, talking about give that before. About there the are a lot of big the, big media people, whether on TV or the radio. Or the newspapers, they just don't. They just really hate soccer, like no matter what. Like yeah. even if they did bring in someone. No, oh, and there's like Although, people like, too. But and then there's people who like keep their soccer fandom like in the closet. Like I know a lot of like producers and a yeah. lot of like people in They're radio afraid. who do like like watch like the English Premier League or stuff like that, which is a start. And uh, but they just like keep it like on the down low, like they're afraid to to say something about it. Like I could I could go through all the like producers at ninety seven five and WIP and all their talent and everything. I could tell you what soccer team they support, you know. So but who- they'll never talk about it on the radio, or they'll never admit that they do because for some reason you lose like credibility with the wing bowl crowd or something. Then, but um, so what's the over under on the guys who would really kind of uh, move the needle as like as like front page news? Lionel, Lionel Messi, Messi Ronaldo, Ronaldo, Landon Donovan, maybe <laughs> they, Neymar. Who was, but would they give a crap? I, don't I think it's maybe five. I, think anybody, I think it's probably five players in the world. <laughs> no, I don't think. No, seriously, I, I don't think anybody. In, I don't think Mike Missanelli knows who Neymar is. Uh, yeah, but he'd be told enough to be like, you should probably yeah, mention this guy's one of the best players in the world. Would so. Mike Barkan know who Neymar is? No, he doesn't even know who the Philadelphia Union are. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what do we got? Uh, Union Hulk. If one Union player could hold the uh, nuclear football, <laughs> who would it be? <laughs> Hokey picks uh, Danny Califf. No one will try to take it from him. That's, uh, that's a good choice, Califf. Uh, 
So we're talking history. <laughs> I mean, I guess you got to go with like a goalie or a defender, right? Really, somewhere. Oh, uh, you're going for like a tactical kind of thing. I would give it to Fabinho because he's so friendly and happy all the time that he would never drop a nuke on anybody. I don't know. I he could see Fabinho was like accidentally just like blowing up a country. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll tell him that next time we see him. So is there an answer? I guess I need to pick someone. Yeah. How, about, uh, how about Jeff Park? Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, everyone talks about Yarrow and his injuries. Potential. This is from uh, Ryan Rose. What about uh, Richie Marquez? Where do you put his ceiling? I, I think he still has a high ceiling. I mean, people... I was kind of lumping him in at the beginning of last season with a player like uh, Burnbaum. I mean, kind of similar um, in age. I'd, I'd like to see Marquez get a sniff with the national team. He probably needs to improve a bit more for that to happen, but I think he could be a good MLS player for a long time. Yeah, Richie's got to take a step forward, doesn't he? Because he's 24 now, going to be 25, a couple years in the league. Um, kind of, the vo- He's got to kind of be the vocal leader of the defense. Well, I guess he won't have to be if, if Gooch is playing there. But, um, yeah, Richie's got to kind of take the next step up because he's, he's got to show that he's as good as uh, – Burn bomb is a really good comparison. You know, guy who's like his age who also came through the draft yeah. was a high draft pick. Um, yeah, and I like to see Richie get a little nastier in uh, on set pieces too because I think he has a tendency to get screened and get lost in there a little bit. And I think um, as he gets a little bit older, he starts to, he'll learn some of those veteran moves and what he can get away with and things that he can do there. But he's a he's a solid defender and he played thirty three games this year. He would have played thirty four if they had started him in the first one, but they didn't for whatever reason. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Um, Anderson and Ken Tribbett in in Dallas. So maybe Curtin has another trick up his sleeve we'll for see. in Vancouver. We'll see. All right, those are all the questions we have. Okay. Um, cool. That was over forty minutes, our longest ever podcast. Yeah, we don't usually do them that long because we like to keep them uh, nice and compact. But I had we had to do it we had a lot to talk about. We had to kick, kick the dog out the football. window. I had to start and stop a couple times. Uh so so, Hopefully, so if go. you made it this far, you didn't realize that I edited it three times. But uh, Baxter's outside. Um, Let's so do next, our next podcast from uh, Florida. You want to head down there? If yeah. any listeners want to pay for our, our trips down there, yeah, or any edit any editors out there, they're looking um, to up their uh, union content uh, going into uh, the new season. We would be um, cool with that as well. But anyway, uh, as always, thanks for listening. And uh, sorry, it it was so long in between podcasts we'll do another one before the season starts but until then enjoy uh the sun coast invitational yeah as the union like to defend uh their <laughs> title thanks for listening take care kevin kincaid and days late and it's always soccer in philadelphia peace